1: Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor.
2: Welcome along to Robinson on the Wild with myself, Michelle Owen, and Gregor McGregor. We're in the middle of a cold snap in January but Bristol City's form on the pitch. Well, that is red hot, unbeaten in 11 games now, and a solid away to performance up at Nottingham Forest to get that 1-0 win at the weekend as well. We're here from Bristol City boss Nee Johnson off the back of that. Also got a word from Dean Holden about the future of Thomas Callis At the club, and we'll be hearing from a winger who's really made strides into the first team this season, Nicholas Eliason. Uh, Gregor, let's begin with the Forest game then. You might think, sort of facing a a team with a new manager, Martin O'Neill, the Forest might have been tricky to come up against, and they were tough, but Bristol City just managed to unlock them.
3: Yeah, Bristol City were superb, and I was just talking to someone before this, and they were saying that maybe the first 20 minutes was up there with their best performances of the season this year. So, yeah, and when you look at the context with Martin O'Neill coming in there and he'd spoken in the week about how he thought he'd got an extra bounce in the step of the players in training over there and the atmosphere was was loud and, and yeah, cracking up at the city ground. But then also the injury problems, which, um, yes, meant that basically four out of the back five had to be changed and then, yeah, City played so well, fully deserved their win. And, yeah, maybe just lacking a little bit of a cutting edge, but defensively so, so sound.
2: And that was the big concern, as we've said numerous times about Bristol City this season. Would they defensively be able to cope without Aidan Flint? But uh, we're going to hear about Thomas Callis shortly. But there's been so many options there recently with Bailey Wright being back fit as well. And Nathan Baker, who was your standout defensive performer uh, from that game?
3: Um, Thomas Callis was actually. Uh, we had a few, um, discussion with a few people, and yeah, I think we all agreed that Callis maybe was man of the match on Saturday, and yeah, fourth clean sheet in five matches now for City. Uh, I believe no other team has had more one nil wins than than the Robins wow. this season. So I was just saying to Dean Holden earlier at the press conference that it's becoming a recurring theme: one nil to the Bristol City.
2: Mm. <laughs> uh,
3: I know they like. Is that a
2: chance? <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not yet. <laughs> not yet. But,
3: um Yeah, and now they've got the second, equal second best defence in the league. Only Middlesbrough have conceded fewer goals. Um, only Middlesbrough and Leeds have had more clean sheets this season. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's terrific foundations, brilliant work from the club, um, terrific foundations to build from. And I, I do think there is more to come from this, I think they can get better yet because. You're going to get players meshing a bit more uh, and understanding each other's games a bit more. You've got Casey Palmer in the mix there. The competition should get the the best out of other players. Club's talking about um, bringing in another player as well. So Talking about
2: bringing a striker, which we'll come on to shortly. Um, Just before we discuss Thomas Callis a little bit more, what about Casey Palmer coming off the bench again uh, to play that key ball to Vyman who set up Juju? You know, Palmer has got to be knocking on the door for a start. Perhaps the FA Cup is the perfect opportunity to do it on Friday evening.
3: Yeah, it was superb and another fantastic cameo. Um, he did his initiation when he went up to Nottingham Forest. What and was that? We were just talking to Nicholas Elias and he was explaining how he, it, the song was Let Me Love You or something. Oh, I... come
2: on, are you not up to date with the chart knowledge here? Uh, so Casey Palmer had to sing that, I understand, on the team bus, was it?
3: Uh, or at the hotel,
2: one of the two. But can you imagine if he had to do on the team bus with all those mics at the front? Cringe. Maybe at the team hotel then. Uh, But he looks like he's fitted in superbly so far. Another lonie that's really working out. Mm -hmm. Thomas Callis is a lonie. Let's just get Dean Holden's thoughts on him potentially staying beyond his loan.
1: Well, he's a top player. Um, He's got experience of promotions. He's a fantastic character uh, off the pitch as well. And uh, he's been immense for us this season. Um, we've got him until the end of the season, which we're absolutely delighted about, and uh, I'm sure them discussions will take place you know, at the right time.
2: Short and sweet, and that's all you could really get out of Dean Holden on the future of Thomas Callis, um, online from Chelsea, as is Casey Palmer. What do you reckon? Do you think that's realistic in summer to be asking Callis to stay?
3: Yeah, I, I kind of put that question to Thomas when I spoke to him um, before in a roundabout way, and I think he does recognise that he... he Maybe he's at this point in his career where he's maybe got to take some decisions that where he's not going to keep going on loan and, and be at a different club each season. I have to admit that when I asked him that, he didn't seem too phased about switching club every year. Um, but at the same time, I'm sure that he, he must be thinking, surely at some point there must be a club for me. And I, I think with Bristol City heading the way they are, if, if they can show a bit of... Ambition, which they are doing, and keep heading in the right direction, I think, yeah, it'll be a terrific pull for not just um, Callas, but several of the other players as well. And just before we move on, Palmer as well, I asked him about his future, and he said, this was the other week, 100%. He would be interested in staying longer. So that's.
2: Wow, that was even before we knew how good he's proving to be. Uh, Early days, though, still for Palmer. Uh, What about other transfer targets in this market, in this window? Uh, Lee Johnson was on Talksport breakfast this week and uh, he said he hasn't got to be a target man, but someone who's a willing runner, someone that's a consistent goal scorer. So not looking for that sort of Jurich player again.
3: No, it's a bit odd because, yeah, basically this is in the wake of all the injuries that piled up last week and suddenly Matty Taylor, uh, Webster, Jack Hunt, Nicky Mainpar were all out and Marley Watkins wasn't fit either. The latest on those guys is I think some of them should be back this coming weekend. and I did think at first I was informed by my sources that Main Bar was out for a while, but mm. I don't think that is going to be the case, thankfully. Well, he did pick up a knock in training. What's he done? It's a calf uh, calf injury, apparently, but it might only be a minor strain, which would be, what, a week, 10 days. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a grade two, it'd be longer. Um,
2: and what about, um, just away from the keeping situation, because obviously Frank Field come on and done superbly, um, well, actually, quickly, Max O'Leary. Does that mean he's not going to
3: be loaned out again? Yeah, good point. Um, again, that's something we've asked about the club today. There's no decision just yet on those guys, but it could well impact on Max's future.
2: Again, this yeah. Happened in
3: again, um, there is a few links with them. Um, some teams like Shrewsbury, who uh, Shrewsbury even who uh,
2: I'm from there, it's Shrewsbury.
3: That's why I corrected myself. Um, <laughs> who, who are looking for a goalkeeper? Um, there's also with um, Shrewsbury, the, uh, the Sam Ricketts link, obviously he took mm. Freddie Hines when he was yeah. at Wrexham before he moved, so there's a bit of a relationship there. They might be looking at taking one of the guys, maybe Joe Morel or Moiza. we'll have to see. Ask the club about those guys. No update just yet, obviously, but um, we'll keep our eyes peeled on it.
2: But if Matty Taylor's injured seriously, then surely Moeza isn't going to go out. What's the situation with Matty Taylor?
3: No, it's not a serious injury with Matty. Uh, Dean Holden's confirmed that he should, hopefully be back in time for this weekend against Bolton. But the other three guys, yeah, the, the club's remaining a bit coy on them. We don't know quite how long they're out for, and, yeah, we'll have to wait and see them.
2: Still plenty of um, depth, though, and let's hear of Nicholas Eliasson. He hasn't featured too much recently, has he, Gregor?
3: He hasn't, no. Last time he played was obviously the Bolton... Um, sorry, the Huddersfield game he came on for a bit of, didn't he, in the FA Cup. But, um, yeah, no starts for a few games now. So, yeah, fully expect him to play at the weekend.
2: OK, let's hear from Nicholas Larsson ahead of the Bolton game in the FA Cup.
3: Cl- close eye on the league table or do you try and avoid it a little bit?
0: Mm, I've seen it a little bit. I haven't looked too much. But it's still a lot of games to go. Uh, hopefully we can keep this run until the end of the season. Would would be good. So, uh, no, but like you said, it's... it's tough games coming up. Uh, Every game in this league is very hard and and in the Cup as well. So uh, it will be tough. but Hopefully we can keep this up and we will see what happens in the end of the season.
3: And how about for yourself personally, Nick? I imagine you will be hoping to be involved again on Friday. Um, Obviously you played in the last uh, FA Cup game towards uh, the end against Huddersfield. How do you sum up your own um, personal progression at the
0: moment? Uh, We have a tough competition in the team like good players uh big squad uh but i think that's that's also what makes us doing well now uh both in the cup and in the league as well uh that we have like everyone fighting for the competition in like for to get the, the game time and uh and i think this season i've been i've been playing quite a quite a lot of games uh and uh and now people have been doing well as well so the most important thing is that the team is winning and we can uh keep improving everyone in the team, so that's yeah.
2: Nicholas Elarton there speaking ahead um, of this Friday night's game against Bolton. You'd very much expect him to play in that, wouldn't you, Greg? Given he hasn't featured so much uh, lately, and you know, it's not—it's no disrespect to say that uh, Lee Johnson's is going to change his team, but it's because he can. He's got—he's got good players to change it around with, and Phil Parkinson will probably do the same. And they only met a couple of weeks ago, so maybe both managers will switch it up a little bit.
3: Yep. Um, expecting changes from both sides and hopefully you might see like some former Robins involved as well the likes of Gary O'Neill maybe if he's fit Mark Little I think he played for Bolton under 23s the other day so yeah I think both cha- um, teams will make changes and I think that'll help Bristol City because I think Bristol City's strength and depth is, is really something this season and I'm fully expecting the City to win
2: And with Nicholas Elias in there do you feel he deserves more game time? Because you can't really argue a Lee Johnson's team selection at the moment can you?
3: No, it's tough for Nick. Um, I, I think he's had a really good season, and I definitely think he's improved. And yes, it's tough because I, I would maybe have him in there. The thing for me is. In, in the place me, of who, though, you know? Yeah, this is what it comes down to. I mean, Calmo Dowd has been brilliant in the last few weeks. So I would keep him in there. I actually thought Andres Feynman was back to his old self in a way at the weekend. That was the best, assist. I, best I've seen him play for a while. Yeah, great assist. And I think he might combine nicely with Palmer because maybe um, City haven't been able to find enough of Weiman's runs at times, mm. uh, as happened at the weekend. So, yeah, those guys maybe have earned their place at the moment, but obviously, yeah, it, it's tough on Nick, who, who probably will come back in and, yeah, he just needs some of those gorgeous crosses that he puts in and maybe can win back his place.
2: Just going back to the situation with the striker and Bristol City maybe still looking for one, what about Antoine Semenyo? He's on loan at Newport, he's made 30 appearances already, he's got 6 goals, 2 assists, why aren't they recalling him or is there not a recall option there?
3: Yeah, I, I'm I'm led to believe that every basically, deal can be reviewed in January. I know that the club said uh, recently that there was no option to recall De Silva and Callas, but I think that's an agreement they have specifically with Chelsea. But I think if any team did specifically want to recall one of their players, they could do. Um, with Semenyo, yeah, it's interesting you say that because Lee Johnson has been um, talking um recently about yeah that he wants this strike he wants a physical option wants to share the load with Fam Jeju so um in case anything happens to fam um so yeah and Semenya really does fit the bill but I just think that the club sees him where he is he's playing week in week out and that is better for him in the long term than coming back and maybe only playing sort of 10 fifteen minutes here and there
2: but Chelsea and Manchester United the uh, Chelsea and Manchester United reportedly want him.
3: Yes, reportedly. Um, Well, actually, as we know, I guess, because Tin said to us, didn't he, that time on the podcast. Um, Yeah, well, let's see if they make a move. I mean... I think it's going to be tough for him to, to move elsewhere because he's... So he's
2: just going to be the unders. If he goes to Chelsea and Manchester yeah. United, with all due respect to him, he's not going to start.
3: No, unless they come up with a deal where he's loaned back or something like mm. that. But, yeah, I I don't know. It's, it's it's a tough one. We'll see. He is just what they need at the moment. But I think they maybe have their eyes on other players, which we're going to come on to now, I think.
2: Uh, yeah, let's, let's talk about transfer targets. Lee Johnson said a little bit post-Nottingham uh, Forest, didn't he? But before we hear about that, just listen to how Lee Johnson's press conference started after the Forest game. It wasn't Gregor that asked this question. It wasn't Gregor that got his name wrong. But listen to the reaction. Okay,
1: there. Yeah, Gary, there was a lot of oh, that's a bad what? start. <laughs> that's a bad start. Lee, not Gary. Oh, <laughs> 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 hey, I don't look like him yet, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I've got 15 years of me. <laughs> <laughs> right, take two. That
2: was the start of uh, Lee Johnson's presser when one of the journalists called him Gary instead of Lee. Uh, he took it in good spirits. And uh, he said he's 15 years off looking like that. Yeah, I reckon he's got a bit long that, to be fair. Uh, so let's uh, hear what Lee Johnson had to say about transfer targets at the moment. And of course, we've got the injury to Nicky Meinpar. Is that affecting his plans?
1: Well, I'd like to bring in a striker. I think it's, I think FAM needs uh, like a physical striker. I think FAMARA needs a bit of a... Um, not a rest, but we need to be able to share it, if you like, whether that be coming off the bench uh, or, or starting, and uh, and give him a rest and, and keep it fresh. And I think that, uh, I don't know if we'll be able to do that, I've got to be honest, because it's very, very expensive um, <laughs> in this league now, and we're not uh, the biggest payers. but I'm sure if the right player comes available, then uh, we'll be able to uh, add them to the squad.
2: So that was on transfers, Uh, Lee Johnson talking there after the Forest game. Let's hear him now talk about his development as a coach. You know, A lot has been said recently about young British coaches, how they're being developed. Listen carefully about how he refers to himself here. He's gone out to Germany this week to do um, some learning, some coaching. Greg will tell us about that in just a second, and he talks about it a bit here. But just listen to how Lee Johnson talks about himself
1: brilliant. It's I love it. It's it like, listen, 37-year-old English manager, you know, you see, there's not many of us, you know what I mean? Like, I think we've got to start, the big picture is, like we've had discussions, we've got to start getting English managers and, and quality English coaches abroad, um, because there's a lot of foreign coaches coming in. And for me, it's a fantastic learning curve, you know, We're coming against the best, and um, even the likes of Yappstan, which taught me a lot when he came into the division, you know, in terms of his patterns and his movements. And and we've seen a few of them off as well. So for me, I'm very grateful to be at a good football club um, with a rich history. And uh, obviously I played there as well. So um, although I'm striving to improve, in fact, I'm going out to uh, Leipzig on Monday for a couple of days, which I'm looking forward to, uh, just as a bit of CPD, because that's the sort of thing that you you can't do in the in the rat race, if you like. And as a 37 year old um, fledgling or gunslinger, if you like, it's important that I continue my development. And uh, glad, thankfully, they've let me in.
2: So, Gregor, just give some context. Lee Johnson said, "Thankfully, they've, they've let me in." He's over in RB Leipzig.
3: He is. Yeah, he's learning from Ralph Ranyek, I believe, at the moment. And yeah, interesting comments there, especially when you um, see the Hudsfield of a. Have um, appointed another German coach, haven't they? A third guy from um, sort of reserve team, I believe, over in the Bundesliga. And yeah, it's interesting that Lee's calling for English coaches to go abroad. I think that's a good idea. The likes mm. of Terry Venables and Bobby Robson in their day. David Moyes has been abroad, hasn't he? And
2: well, think about Graham Potter, who went to Osterson's, had several good seasons with them, finally got noticed when they played. Arsenal in the Europa League, and then this season got his calling to come to Britain to go to Swansea and manage there. Uh, it does work. Do you think Lee Johnson would ever be tempted to go abroad?
3: Definitely, yeah. We've asked him before, and he's said that he, that's something that would appeal to him, and obviously his dad went abroad, and he managed Latvia. So, uh, yeah, it's certainly something for him to consider, but maybe further down the line. In terms of him going to Germany, I'm just sort of thinking out loud a little bit here and I wonder if I've been a bit naive myself because obviously he's doing this CPD but could he possibly do some shopping out there? Transfer targets? Yeah, possibly. I mean... It, it would be thinking outside the box if he came back with a, a low knee from a, a Bundesliga club wouldn't it that, that's a bit
2: well, it's sort
3: of like the opposite of what we've seen in terms of like a young English players yeah, going out there so.
2: yeah absolutely and in terms of sort of young English managers young British managers that he talks about there to sort of get them into the Premier League often they have to take the team up to get there Eddie Howe being the prime example at Bournemouth but if you look at someone like um, Andrea Vias boas who had that great season with Porto and then in his early 30s, he was managing Tottenham and Chelsea. Is it? Is there still this perception that foreign managers seem to be higher in the pecking order than these young British managers? You know, what about Lee Johnson? Will he ever get a, a call from a top six club while he's still at Bristol City?
3: Not, not at the moment, I don't think. If we're being realistic, but there are a lot of good English coaches at the moment. The likes of Chris Wilder, obviously, and um, I think even someone like I know he's out of work at the moment, but. Paul Hecklinbottom was um very highly regarded for his work at Barnsley, obviously not so much Leeds, but yeah we'll, we'll have to wait and see on those really um and yeah
2: but what, why is it that in the Premier League they they still often look abroad, Southampton they've gone for Ralph Hassan who this time, albeit he's doing a great job, but you don't often see the young English managers young British managers as well getting that chance to go to the top clubs, do you? I mean, Eddie Howe's name was floated with a Manchester United job, but never seemed to be a really serious contender.
3: No, it's, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Maybe there's just this block on, on English coaches being given a chance. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I think there's some part of... Um, people and football watching people who like the exotic at times uh, and maybe that's why they chase the, uh, the fancy name from abroad when sometimes mm. the better option is a bit closer to home.
2: And if you sort of look at the playoff contenders and the promotion contenders, yes, you've got Marcelo Bielsa at Leeds, but you mentioned Chris Wilder there doing a fantastic job and Frank Lampard, okay, he's he's an ex- player played at the highest level and perhaps got his step up into management a lot quicker than maybe a lower league player would have for example graham potter going abroad to osterson's was a good example Uh, do you think someone like frank lampard or steven gerald who's doing well at rangers will get that chance ahead of a young coach like lee johnson and is that because of their playing status and their playing career
3: yeah, I I I think it, it, that does tend to be the case. But as we've seen with Jose Mourinho and Rigo Sacchi, even these guys you are can also, work
2: your way up. Can't exactly.
3: You? you don't need to have been a horse to be a jockey. Yes, but they're Sacchi. two foreigners. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't help my point there. But, uh.
2: Uh, right. Let's talk about Spygate as well. Marcelo Bielsa's name I just mentioned. It would appear Bristol City are one of the eleven clubs that have complained about the spying. Tell
3: us more. Yeah, not been officially confirmed, but the Times were reporting today that Bristol City are one of the 11 signatories on the letter that's gone to the EFL, not necessarily um, calling for a points deduction or anything like that, but asking questions, really, and trying to get some clarification of what exactly has gone on. Um, that's that's according to most reports out there. Obviously, what we saw was Steve Lansdown came out on Friday night and called for Leeds to be... Um, deducted points. I don't necessarily agree with Steve, and I tweeted on Saturday about my um, my thoughts on the subject, and that I just see that every club does something wrong uh, or or pushes things to get that marginal gain, uh, it, whether it's like even holding back a team from going out at half-time late to maybe a player diving to maybe misinformation to the media, anything like this. And I think every single club does this to a degree. So I just don't think Leeds should be singled out for this thing in particular because it's got a bit of high profile. But but he
2: did, he did a presentation that was over an hour long which sort of highlighted the situation even more and yeah, said we I... spied on every team. He didn't help the situation, did he? It, well...
3: I don't know about that. I think he did because I think it effectively has worked as some great PR for him. And I think what I've noticed is that everyone inside the game seems to have said meh we all do this analysis and everyone outside the game has said, oh, it's amazing at all this analysis. Yeah, but everyone it does. does it. Yeah, exactly. And my point is that basically I think it would be good for clubs to come out and show this kind of stuff that they yeah. do behind the scenes um, because they'll be better off for it. Coaches would be better off for it. Maybe it goes back to the point before, English coaches would be better off for it. But because they keep a closed door and don't show this kind of stuff, then when it does hit the, the mainstream and the public, then uh, yeah, maybe bad and good things happen. So.
2: But they can't show too much. You
3: know, no, no catch 22. No, absolutely absolutely. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. It just rumbles on. Steve
2: oh, Lansdown yeah. made comments that Leeds should have points deducted. What do you think of that?
3: Well, just yeah, I don't think I think that's too draconian. I don't think it'll happen um, from what I've read on the subject and people are saying then it looks like maybe just a final will be handed out and I, I think that's enough on on the subject. Let's move on. Uh, this is Is it morally
2: right to spy?
3: It's not. It's not. I mean, I asked Dean Holden today, for example, in the press conference, if he if he noticed anyone. <laughs>
2: what with a dog just with, stood there with, with binoculars. Not no, with
3: binoculars. Maybe a dog with
2: binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's not right, something. is it? But by the sounds of it, it's not going to happen again.
3: No, it's not. Uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how Leeds too between now and the end of the season and They
2: lost at the weekend.
3: Yeah, there, isn't it? Three and four defeats now yeah. for them if they keep losing. It's a distraction.
2: Maybe it's because they've stopped spying. Uh, Let's move on from Spygate then. Uh, We'll have to see what happens, what sanctions are given to them by the EFL. Uh, Let's talk about the FA Cup this weekend, uh, Friday night under the lights at Ashton Gate. Uh, We're both going to be there. What are we expecting to see from Bristol City against Bolton? We we think there's going to be a few changes, but a real chance to progress and maybe get a glamour tie in the fifth round.
3: Yeah, I think, as I said earlier, I think... Both teams will make a lot of changes and I think City will be too strong for Bolton. And Not a
2: priority for Bolton No, at all.
3: and it probably won't be the worst thing for them with them being second from Bomb, losing again last night as we speak. Mm. Um, then, yeah, maybe they need to concentrate on the league and I can see a City win, which would be
2: great. Okay, we shall see. We'll keep an eye on the transfer market as well. Uh, thanks for your time, Gregor. We'll be back next week after the Bolton game and we'll be... Pre- Previewing the Swansea City game, um, a club that really are in that pack behind, just hunting for the playoffs. Four points behind Bristol City, but that gap could come down. Of course, Bristol City not in league action this weekend because they're in the FA Cup. So, lots to talk about. Then maybe we'll have some transfer updates for you as well. As the window closes next week, if there's any business to be done, Bristol City need to get on and do it now. Thank you for listening. And if you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us.
1: Robins on the wire.